Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. And welcome to Monday Morning Homeless. This is Father Manny Alvarez. Jorge is uh, vacationing with his family this weekend, this long weekend, as, as he should. And because I can do, as we talked about in the podcast, uh, was it last week uh, or the week before? I don't remember. That he can, that he never does ho- this podcast without me, but I could do it without him. So I brought in, you know, from the bullpen, Izzy. And it's an <laughs> Izzy Monday. How are you, Izzy? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Father? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm sitting in Jorge's chair, and I have no idea why it's so low to the floor, but whatever. Short king. Yeah, no, he's he's not short. And, uh, you know, he's our boy. We love him. <laughs> we he's miss having, you, George. We miss him. Now they say I've never done this podcast with George. Yes, you have several times. With you just, just you George, sat in the guest just chair, George and oh, me. That's what I I told him last week when I was, or two weeks ago when I was on retreat. To I text him do the podcast with Izzy. And I, or put a, a repeat episode of our, I, I told him to uh, re-air or repost our most listened to podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which was from September of 2022. And he didn't do, he just, and it was good because the previous podcast we had done was so good that it was good for people that didn't know we were back to hear it again. But no, he, and, he, and he said no, because, you know, people come to, to hear you. Right. But, it, but his name is still on it. Yeah. It's smaller, but. It's, we know it's Father Manny and Jorge Santibanez, and sometimes an Izzy Ranella, and here we are. And here we are. Anyway, so Mass yesterday, we had the first Sunday of Lent, and uh, we had obviously every su- first Sunday of Lent, we have the readings of Jesus going into the desert. But yesterday, Izzy, we had, uh, the, the, we've been, we're reading the Gospel of St. Mark this year, and Mark is brief. Mark basically does not get into. The actual temptation. We know that Jesus is tempted, led mm-hmm. by the Spirit, and Father Andrew uh, kind of, you know, uh, you know, focused on that during his homily. Led by the Spirit, Jesus went into the desert where he was tempted by the devil. But we don't hear the details of the first, second, or third temptation mm-hmm. like we hear in Mar- in Matthew and Luke. And so, really, the, the, you know, Jesus drove into the the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. He remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. And after John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Does that sound familiar, that last line? Um, I think I might have heard it on Ash Wednesday. You may have heard it on Ash Wednesday, <laughs> when they put the ashes on your forehead. I actually got, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Oh, you got that from Father Andrew? Yeah. He, was, he wanted to do that this year for I some like reason. It. No, it's... Why, why do you like it? That's a good question. Because it reminds us that this isn't our eternal home at the end of the day. Like you mentioned at the end of your homily that we are, um, we came to this earth to do God's mission. And at the end, we're just going to, we're, we're going to die, obviously. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Izzy. <laughs> You're welcome. Made us feel better already. <laughs> but it's true. And at the end, our bodies will not be the ones going to to heaven with us. It's our soul. So... Um, but also repent and believe. Uh, repent and believe in the gospel is also another good one that I haven't heard. Maybe I maybe I heard it last year. Was it? Yeah, it, we there's it used to the translation used to be turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. But I, I explained on Ash Wednesday that turn away was good because repenting is an actual turning away, a physical mm-hmm. and spiritual turning away from the things that kill us. Sin kills us. Mm-hmm. Turn away and then now. And be faithful to the gospel. So now we're turning away from the things of this world. We're turning away from sin, and we're walking towards the cross. That's what we do during Lent. We heard that on Ash Wednesday. We heard it again yesterday on the first Sunday of Lent. And now, is that what I preached about? No, I did not preach about that. <laughs> I preached about the second reading from the first letter of Peter. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll let you get away with that one. Um, you said a reading from the letter of Peter when you read it, Mass. Wait, did? You did. And I'm like, wait, Peter only wrote one? He wrote He wrote two. Okay, in the in the, in the in lectionary, the thing, in the says, thing? It doesn't say second letter of Peter? It, or first letter of it Peter? It says a reading 
from the letter, the letter of Peter. I'm just messing with you. I know I'm messing with you. I don't remember what I said. That's okay. I remember. I was like, wait, read from the letter of Peter. I'm like, okay. There's a letter of James. It's only one. Philemon, only one. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. That's okay. But you, you read it beautifully. Thank you. You're I welcome. Try sometimes. Anyways, <laughs> so the first reading was about Noah and the flood, and then when they come out of the they come out of the of the ark, God makes a promise, sets mm. the bow in the sky, sets a rainbow in the sky, promises never to wipe out the earth. Uh, that's so important because the flood prefigures baptism. We had the catechumens in the 1030 Mass, which you attended, who were, we were doing the rite of sending because mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon they went from here, went to the, oh, well, not straight to the cathedral because it was at 2.30, but they went to the cathedral to, for the rite of election where the archbishop receives them as elect, as catechumens, to um, receive the, the Easter sacraments. Mm-hmm. And we as a community inquire as to their suitability to send them to the archbishop. Not much different from when I... Present to the Archbishop that, you know, confirmandi are ready to be mm-hmm. confirmed. And I wanted to read part of the blessing of water. This came to me, and I was reading this reading, and I go, well, this is what I say during the Easter Vigil when I bless the water, but also every time I do that long prayer during a baptism. Usually I don't because the water in the, in the font's already blessed. Mm-hmm. But one of the paragraphs is in the um, prayer of blessing. says this, The waters of the great flood you made a sign of the waters of baptism that make an end of sin and a new beginning of goodness. See, what God wanted to do was start things new. He realized afterwards he shouldn't do it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, I'm never going to do this again this way in terms of wiping off everybody except for those eight people in the ark. And why is that a prefigurement of baptism? Because the thing is that, and this is one thing I tell the catechumens, God bless them. Catechumens don't need to go to confession before receiving baptism. Why? Because the moment that they're baptized, let's say that they're 80 years old, and I've done some catechumens, I've baptized some catechumens that are pretty up there. Every sin is wiped away. They don't have to confess it. It's wiped away. So just like you would present a baby that obviously has no sin, only original sin, and that's wiped away as well, Mm -hmm. Just like a little child, and this is something that we have to, this image is something we have to keep in mind, is that these adults that are presenting themselves for baptism, everything is wiped away. So the next, the first confession is just literally mm-hmm. from the moment they are baptized mm-hmm. till, you know, they receive the first confession. Now, it doesn't mean that they may, they may want to sit with the priest and say, hey, let me talk about my mm-hmm. past. That's fine. But they don't get absolution because the day of their baptism. Can you imagine... You don't have to say so a word. Cool. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, Izzy walks in, gets baptized, but you can't get baptized again. Nope. We can receive communion over and over again. Yes, you which can. Which you did mention that in your homily, which I is not nice. So let's talk about the, the second reading, which you read. From Peter. From Peter. <laughs> when God's patience waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you were telling me before we went on the air what you wrote down about all of that when it came to that second reading. I'm trying to find where you started. She out. has a lot of notes, my friends. My goodness. <laughs> I tried I, to fill up the whole page. If not, there you go. I don't like it. And it's I gave you a lot to chew on. That is true. You did. You did win all over the place, but in good ways, and you tied it together. (laughs) Never win. (laughs) So uh, you started that in the second reading. There's a word that only appears once in the New Testament. Yes, we'll get to that in a second. And how um, it reminds us again of having a covenant that God. um, Sorry, (laughs) I lost something in my throat. that God makes with us. What else did you say? And I can't read the rest of this. She can't read her own handwriting, no, folks. I'm so sorry, guys. But, um, but let's let's go back yeah. to the covenant because I started the homily with that. You did. That God, and it's the title of today's podcast, God is a f- God full of promises. Mm-hmm. That starting with yesterday's first reading with Noah, makes a promise with Noah never destroy the earth. Then a little bit later in the book of Genesis, makes a covenant promise to Abraham. 
I will make you as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sands of the she- on the seashore. Then later on, there's others that are minor ones, but you think of the, the Noah covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. Then you have Moses, the covenant he makes with them in Sinai. I will be your God, you will be my people. Here are the Ten Commandments yeah. that you are to follow. Then he makes a covenant with King David that his kingdom will last forever. It didn't during the time after the time of David. We heard that in the, in the first readings two weeks ago. But that kingdom is brought to fulfillment. He does fulfill that promise in one of the descendants of David, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And now Jesus Christ comes and brings us the true and eternal, the new and eternal covenant, which is we we commemorate in the Eucharist when we what we say these words in the words of consecration. When we are consecrating the wine, this is a sign of the new and eternal covenant. So it is ratified, just like the covenant of order ratified in the blood of, of the lambs. Now this is really ratified in the blood of the Lamb of God. So our God is a God full of promises, and Lent is a time for us to be reminded that those these promises have been fulfilled, mm-hmm. but it is a time for us to commit and to make promises and to enter into a new covenant with God. And that's where um, you reminded us of that he's always ready to receive us with open and merciful arms. And you also mentioned how the like how we said earlier about the dirt that we should move, remove all the dirt on our bodies because like as you said it's something that separates us from God it hurts our souls it hurts our relationship with God but um, that covenant that we want to grow closer to and that's the perfect time now in Lent so you mm-hmm. give up something or do something extra whatever you guys want to do um, but yeah and then you said something else I'm trying to find it now while you're finding it it, you know, she mentioned the dirt. Baptism, as St. Peter says, which corresponds as now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience. Because, okay, now we remove the dirt. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then we remove the dirt, everything is clean. And so we appeal to God with a clear conscience. That's the word you were talking about yes. earlier. Okay? which I went deep into from my study Bible. The word appeal in Greek, eperotema, and I may be pronouncing that wrong. I was terrible in Greek in seminary. I took it for one semester. I have, you know, I could, I could read Greek <laughs> letters. I could, you know, and, but it's important for priests because, you know, when you go deeper into the Bible, the translation matters. Mm-hmm. And I, as you said earlier, this, this word appears only one time in the New Testament, and it's here in 1 Peter 3.21. In secular Greek, I mean, this word, mean, it can mean either answer or decision or pledge. That's the one I harped on. Mm-hmm. In secular Greek, it often refers to the formal acceptance of a contract or covenant using solemn words. The procedure followed a question-and-answer format and involved the terms of the agreement being spoken and the appropriate party pledging its compliance. So it, it, it sounds like something that would you would enter into a contract, like something legal. That's the way yeah. I, I read it. Now, in early Christian times, this is a similar procedure. It was used in the liturgy of baptism. Most likely... This is the background of its use here in 1 Peter 3.21, where the word appeal to God for a clear conscience is best understood as a pledge made to God at baptism to maintain a clear conscience by living in accord with the gospel. Thus, the sacrament not only cleanses the conscience of evil, but it entails a solemn commitment to follow a Christian way of life. And that's where it's important, that... Lent be a time where we, now that God commits himself to us, mm-hmm. I will be your God, you will be my people. He's making all these promises to us. Now Lent is a time that we commit ourselves to God to say, you know what, I've been wandering away from you, Lord, now it's time for me turn away from sin. Which is hard Com- nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You said it later on. You mentioned, oh my God, 
the Thursday gospel? The, yeah. The pick up your cross. And whoever wishes to come after me must pick up his cross daily. Was Whoever comes out must deny himself. Daily pick up his cross and follow me. Which is something very hard nowadays to um, to do, especially now during Lent. You have, like, you can't eat meat on, obviously, you can't eat meat on Fridays from the ages, what, 14 And, and Izzy loves her Christy steak. <laughs> but also, I get to eat sushi on, uh, have an excuse to eat sushi on Friday, so that's fun. I can't but is that a sacrifice? Honestly, when, it's little things like that, also the things that you give up during Lent right. that you have to remind yourself, so. And what is the virtue of giving something up during Lent for Izzy? Where do you find the ver- what happens like when you I don't want I'm not asking what you gave up for Lent mm-hmm. but when you crave that something that you gave up for Lent you want to do that something you gave up for Lent when you realize wait I can't do that where do your thoughts turn to I I ask God like hey please help me in this mm-hmm. moment right now because I I'm tempted and I and I know he was tempted too and that that's why um, it's important to remember and uh, Matthew put it so simple. He literally went to the desert for 40 days. And again, we don't know what happened, but being tempted is something difficult for me. And I just ask for peace and the, um, I forgot the word now. For now self, self-control? Yeah. Self-restraint. Self-restraint. There we it's go. It's a word that we use in the, in the mass, I want to say on Ash Wednesday. Really? It's a period of self-restraint. Yeah. Holding, a, yeah. holding yourself back from what, um, what might change what you want to change in your life and what I think of it. Um, I father Andrew on Ash Wednesday, he mentioned how um, giving up sweets as an adult is something a third grader would do, do something <laughs> ch- more challenging. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, for Jorge, no, 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 no offense to anyone that does that, you know, good for no, you, it, whatever. It, it, no, and but what did father Andrew, how did he finish that thought? He finished it that do something that would, that will challenge you, that will make you, no, but for, like for example, for Jorge, it is a challenge because he's always he has a sweet tooth, and in this office, as you would know, and in the school, we're constantly surrounded by sweets. We got yeah. cookies. We got you know people bringing candy. People bringing you know, uh, I don't know if donuts constitute a sweet. Sorry, when you hear this, yes. you know, does it constitute a sweet? It's, it's a I breakfast food. So, but most breakfast foods are sweet: pancakes, donuts, French toast, waffles, waffles, waffles. So it's early in the morning. I'm it's still breakfast. I'm hungry, you know. Um, but yeah, where, where was my train of thought on this? I'm so sorry. I'm not. You keep you keep you know. And she went to mass this morning, and she should be on you know on the on the ball right here. No, but I'm saying but, with the, to finish the thought on sweets is that at least for for our friend Jorge who gave up sweets, he, he texted me the other day. Is like even his son the other day was. Had a cookie in front of him, and it's like you know, I don't know. If, now his son, being three years old, about to turn four next week, actually this week, uh, would be, "Hey, Dad, look, I'm eating a cookie." He would do that. He would do that, and he said, "My own son's tempting me," you know. So, uh, but it is. I know for him, it's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I know for him because something, yeah. So the, the, where whereas he is surrounded by people. So he goes into the cafeteria every day. He loves the cookies in the cafeteria. He does. <laughs> and for 40 days, he said, no, you know, I'm not going to have that cookie. So what does it do? Self-restraint. It brings our mind and our heart closer to the sacrifice of Christ. Yes, sacrificing, sweet sacrifice, even what I sacrifice is completely so small compared to what Christ did for us. Mm-hmm. Not only in the cross, but in the desert. Mm-hmm. We fast, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. But it still brings our thoughts toward Jesus. Mm-hmm. It still brings our thoughts towards the divine, and it also brings our thoughts towards others that are less fortunate. Mm-hmm. We're reminded that he, like, we also have to go through the desert with him this Lent. Fasting, yes. almsgiving, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. There yep. we go. Um, what else did you mention after? Oh, that I don't know if we we said it before that. We can't promise. Oh, this is to the catechumens, oh, yeah. yeah. This Which, is in a, This is when I it's mentioned. It's a good reminder for all of us. But but this is in, in <clears throat> mentioning the the verse from the gospel on Thursday of last Thursday. You know, whoever wishes to, to come after to come after him must deny himself daily, carry his cross, and follow me. And you and you were about to say to reminder to us that we can't promise anyone that you won't suffer, but we can promise you eternal life. That's if right. You. If you want it, because everyone has a choice. Yeah. You know? And now this land, it's something that you want to grow 
closer to. You want to, obviously, you <clears> want <throat> to see eternal life anytime soon. But eventually, you do. So let a, It's a great <laughs> saying from somebody. Everybody wants heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. I forget who said that, but it's a great line. But I'm glad you bring that up. Because, you know, so many people want the easy road to heaven. Jesus says it himself, be careful to strive to enter through the narrow gate. He said it wasn't going to be easy. And so when I turned to the catechumen and said, listen, we could promise you eternal life, but we can't promise you a life without suffering. And I go, every Christian in here, including the two people sitting at this table, can say, because of following Jesus, we have suffered. Mm -hmm. Because we follow Jesus, we have been able to be subjected to people that don't like us, to people that disagree with us. But because we follow Jesus, that suffering is made bearable because we are comforted by him. We are comforted by the body of Christ, the Eucharist, and we're comforted by the body of Christ, which is a church, mm-hmm. that we don't walk alone. Now, the, the song they sang yesterday at Mass, Jesus walked this lonesome valley. It was beautiful. It sounded, it sounded like a little it, an offertory. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. You were totally tuned out during the offertory there, were you? I was, was just praying. Okay. Well, we, <laughs> the thing is, it was very conducive to prayer, but the, li- the lyrics the are... It sounded like a little opera-ish. You, that wasn't opera-ish. That was, it was no, more Negro spiritual, actually. I don't know. It's... Jesus walked this lonesome valley. He chose to walk it by himself. Nobody else could walk it for him. He has to walk it by himself. And then the second verse is, we must walk this lonesome valley. Mm-hmm. We have to walk it by ourselves. Nobody else can walk it for us. We have to walk it by himself. But it's a promise that, but we, here's the thing. Yes, we have to walk it by ourselves. We have to take up our cross. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to do this by himself. But Jesus promises us that we won't be alone. At the end of the Gospel of St. Matthew, mm-hmm. he promises the Holy Spirit that will strengthen us and that will console us. We're getting 90 days henceforth from <laughs> after the 40 days of Lent and the 50 days of Easter, we get Pentecost. But we're not alone in that when Izzy's going through something, you know, she knows that she has a community of faith and people that will come to her aid and and uh, and comfort her when she's crying, which is basically every five minutes. I, yeah, that's On true. Sunday morning. Can I, can I talk about this? <laughs> can I talk about this? Sure, if you want to mention On it. On Sunday now. morning. All right. <laughs> On Sunday morning, I wake up. <laughs> Um, okay. On Sunday morning, I wake up to this text <laughs> that was sent at 2.38 a.m. At 2.47 a.m. If you want to have your heart ripped out and thrown into a dumpster, watch One Day on Netflix. I haven't stopped crying in an hour. Yes, I cry for everything, but I'm physically unwell. I'm surprised my mother hasn't checked in on me because I was waiting like a baby. Anyways, I'm okay for now. If I'm sad tomorrow, you know why. The show was very well done. No notes. 10 out of 10. What does it mean, no notes? No notes. Like, I wouldn't change a thing. No notes. Oh, okay. No notes. Okay. I don't want to hear. I don't want to. Maybe in the second segment you can tell me about it. Okay, but. But no, but here's the thing is that this is the group text that we have with several friends and Dizzy decided. Thankfully, everybody was asleep. I know. Nobody was woken up. Everyone's on Do Not Disturb. Okay, and so... She sent it, and I woke up that morning, but I'm glad that she felt that outlet <laughs> because Izzy will cry for something that's sad, and Izzy something will cry like she did last week when Rod Stewart sings a nice song. That is true. I did cry when I when he started singing Maggie Mae. It was instant yeah. tears. Eh? You don't like Maggie Mae? Let's no, I don't on. like Rod Stewart. like He's got something in his throat. Him and Michael Bolton, the same thing. I, I, I don't like him. I'm sorry. We all have to, we'll talk about this in the second segment. What I'm trying to say is that we can, that the Holy Spirit will be there, but. Especially when you're crying at 2.30 in the morning (laughs) and firing off texts to your friends, you know, but. At least I know they're there for me and that's, that's something that. Absolutely. We all consoled you in the morning. And most people might not have that either. No, there are a a lot of people that, to go back to that song that Lewis and the choir so beautifully sang, um, that this is a lonesome valley for some people. Listen, we say that in, in the in the Hail of the Queen. We who walk in this veil of tears, in the valley of tears. But we have to realize that we're not here by himself because God promises us. Again, we, to go back to the promises that God makes to us. You know, 
we talked about it earlier the Old Testament ones, but now at the end of his earthly time here on you know time here before he ascended into heaven, I will be with you always. Jesus tells us, mm-hmm. I will send you the Consoler. Jesus tells us. So this idea that if you embrace Jesus, you will not suffer, it's a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Because you, both you and I know, you've been a Christian for 23 years. I've been a Christian 24. a lot. 24. When did you turn? Yeah, you turned 24, sorry. <laughs> I keep thinking you're 20. Aren't you glad I went lower and not higher? I would have been in a lot of trouble if I would have got higher. <laughs> but you, both you and I know, because we've both lost brothers, that we will not suffer. But because of our faith, that suffering takes on new meaning. Mm-hmm. Because the other, the other day somebody asked, you know, somebody presented me this story of someone who died and they turned to the priest and said, imagine if we didn't have faith. Hmm. How do people do it that don't have faith? Beats me. I wouldn't want to know. Exactly. I wouldn't. Because it's, it's hard enough with faith. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing I harped on, and I don't know if you caught that when talking about ashes and Ash Wednesday, and the motivation for people that go to Mass or go receive ashes on Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. was those ashes, not only like Father Andrew told you, you are destined and dusted shall return, mm-hmm. not only do we remind us of our mortality and our sinfulness, mm-hmm. when we hear, second, when we hear turn away, you know, repentantly in the gospel, they remind us that we need to repent and turn to God. But the point that I made on Ash Wednesday was those ashes need to be like that word appeal that Greek word in, in the second reading, have to be a pledge, have to be a commitment that we make to God during these next 40 days. Question. Yes. That came to me a few minutes ago. So like you said, God, for people that might think, okay, yeah, God promises things, but I don't know how to word it. Do we also... Well, like, say he promises something. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, he explain promises it. things, Go. but we might not do our part of it. Yep. So. That's called sin. Okay, there we go. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's what I needed to like, clarify. For example, the Israelites saw God or saw the glory of God, saw the sea parted in two, saw the, the towering, you know, the, fi- the, the column of fire that was towering over them. They saw Moses go up into Mount Sinai and receive the, the commandments. Moses come down and said, well, he will be our God. We, we will be his people. We just have to follow these ten rules. Mm-hmm. But yet they didn't do it. And, they, and these are people that literally saw the mighty hand of God <laughs> destroy Pharaoh and his, and his army. And so they didn't fulfill their end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. called sin. Okay. Because sometimes we think like, okay, God's going to give me this. God's going to, if I pray for this, God will grant it to me. Well, that's but, different. Yeah, yeah. But like promising, but we also have to hold up our end right. of the of the promise. Right. That's of, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because a covenant, you know, you, you think of covenant, you think of contract, you think of entering into this promise. It's much more than a contract. Contract seems so transactional. Mm-hmm. But our God is not transactional. Yeah. Our God is all loving. Right. He said, listen... I, this is what I promise to you. And yes, time and again, we don't fulfill our end of the bargain, our end of the of, of that covenant. Mm-hmm. But that's why we have reconciliation. But to go back to Ash Wednesday, you know, I said that that sign on the of the cross on your forehead has to be a reminder of the commitment you're making to God to set things right. To return to what I said in the homily yesterday, to return to the innocence of our baptism, Mm -hmm. to return to the purity we once had. Because if we're just walking in here, I said this very forcefully at the Spanish Mass on Ash Wednesday, because if we're just walking in here to receive ashes because of a superstition, because we think we're going to go to hell if we don't receive Mm -hmm. the ashes, because if we did, you know, then the ashes don't mean anything, they're just dirt. Mm -hmm. That dirt that Peter talks about. And I made the connection like, look, Jesus, you know, we start off with dirt on our foreheads, ashes on our foreheads, a dirty forehead. And now Peter's talking about baptism, removing that dirt. Because that dirt is a sign of penitence. 
It's a sign of, of mortification. It's a sign of we're sinners. We are sinners. So it cannot be simply a sign that we come looking for for superstition because why do you think we, we fill out, Izzy, why do you think we our, our churches are full on Ash Wednesday? What are people looking for? Something to brag about. Not brag. Really? I'm not bragging. No, I mean, but you're on the right track. Brag, like, rub into people's faces. Really? No, say it. Be honest. Rub into people's faces like, oh, I have a cross on my forehead. That means I'm, like, I I did something good. I'm sin-free. Just people have so many different views of Ash Wednesday, and it's not a holy day of obligation, but it's something free that we give out beside the palms. But it's... But it's just ash. It's ash. There's nothing... Tash. Like how you said, what's more important in the mass? It's Tash is at the bottom of your barbecue pit <laughs> or your fire pit or at the end of your ashtray. If you really want ashes, I can just... Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it, if, when you boil it down, oh. mm-hmm. it's just dust. dust. Uh, you are dust and the dust shall return. Mm-hmm. You're on the right track that some people say, okay, this is something that I have to do. Now, some people got blessed. I mean, they want to do it because they want, you know, the ones that come to Mass every Sunday, they want to, and they want come early in the morning because they want to show everyone, look, I'm a Catholic mm-hmm. and I'm standing up. And there are people who don't know, do not know this. My parents told me a story a couple of years ago. They went to Mass to my former parish in Hialeah and early in the morning. And then they went to a store to pick up some, I don't know if it was a store or a restaurant, I don't remember. But one of the employees came up to them and said, oh, oh, sir, you have, to my dad, you have some dirt on your forehead. You have some dirt on your forehead. And he's like, no, that's ashes for Ash Wednesday. The person being Cuban didn't know what Ash Wednesday does. Now, that's what 65 years of atheist communism does to you. <laughs> but it, and having worked there for five years, I know that there is a lot of ignorance to even the simple things. Now, palms they may know a little bit about, okay? Mm-hmm. Because the church was always packed on Palm Sunday. Yeah. Now, they didn't get packed on Ash Wednesday, but not as much as Palm mm-hmm. Sunday. No, definitely not. Okay? So there is a sense of like of the super, that's why I mentioned the sense of the superstition, that if you don't receive this, something bad will happen. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's, let, let's, let's dive deeper into that. Because I mentioned, you know, every day, every Sunday, we give something far more valuable, far more precious, mm-hmm. far more nourishing than dust <laughs> and ashes. It's something that if you really want, you can get every day. Which is the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And it's... so I freaked everybody. I told the story in Mass yesterday. I freaked everybody out on Ash Wednesday at the 5.30 Mass. I go, nobody freak out, but to this, this morning, a young man came to Mass you know, received communion. Since we give the ashes at the end of the Mass, received the final blessing from Father Andrew, and then walked away. And, I was, and I'm like, oh my goodness, he walked out without ashes. <laughs> Don't, you know, did he sin? And everybody's like, everybody's, I, I said that question rhetorically, and everybody's like, you know, kind of like, oh, I don't know, did he? I go, no, he didn't. He received what was most important. He received the ashes. Now, he received the communion. Mm-hmm. Now, the ashes are assigned to take out into the world that, look, I'm committing myself to this Lenten journey. I'm committing myself to this repentance. Hmm? Now, if we, because I was told, you know, in another parish, I, yeah, it was in my, my, my old parish, that they gave it, the liturgy calls for it right after the homily to impose the ashes. Mm-hmm. said that pa- place was packed, but as soon as they receive the ashes, people leave. Uh huh. Now notice we give it at the end of mass. So usually yeah. people leave during communion. <laughs> no one leaves during after communion on Ash Wednesday. But see, as a pastor, my heart—and that's probably why I asked you that question. You know, Lord knows that I tried to be as welcoming, but as forceful as possible to say, "Listen, our eternal soul depends." on our reception of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Because the sacraments lead us to leave, live holier lives. Our frequent reception of the sacraments lead us to holier lives. When we are divorced from that reality, when we are divorced from the sacrament, when we are divorced from a life in faith, 
That's when we fall into trouble. And that's why those words, repent and believe in the gospel, are so important. Because I don't have it figured out. I know Izzy doesn't have it figured out. Definitely not. Okay? But, so, Lent is a time for us to focus on what comes at the end. Because you went, when you start a journey, you did Camino mm-hmm. in of Santiago. When you start a journey, you know what the end goal is. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know that you're going to walk through the doors mm-hmm. of the Cathedral of, of, the, of Santiago de Compostela. Mm-hmm. So in Lent, we start a journey. Where does journey end? In Calvary. But we know that the story doesn't really end at Calvary. It ends in the garden. In a different garden, the tomb, mm-hmm. the empty okay. tomb. Yeah. So, you ready for that journey? Well, you already started it. I so. already started it. I think I'm ready. I hope I'm ready. How are your first like first five days been? I've been pretty good. Yeah, good. I've been really good with what I've given up. And I think that more than anything, we focus so much on the sacrifices, but prayer. Oh yeah. Prayer is so important. I feel like this lens is different. I've, I've, Why? When I've talked to other people. I what what they've been saying, what they want to do this Lent. And it makes me happy how people, I don't say that most people don't take it seriously, but you kind of, like there's some days you might be tempted and you fall into temptation, but this Lent, I feel people really want to give it their all because they realize, okay, this is a crazy world we live in, who is the one person that's, well, there's always people going to be there for us, but Jesus we know is, is there for us. And we also have to suffer a little bit. Not suffer. Well, yeah, we do suffer often. But There you go. So, my friends, as we finish this first segment, we we look towards the end of the journey. We're always, you know, we start a journey, we know what the end game is going to be. But we're walking towards the Easter sacrament, we're walking towards the cleansing waters of baptism. And just like St. Peter said in the second reading yesterday, we must, we must look at baptism as a way, even though we've been baptized and we renew those baptismal promises on Easter Sunday, we must look at baptism as a way of cleansing our hearts of dirt. Because Peter used the word, removal of, dirt, removal of dirt, to appeal to God for clear conscience, to pledge to God, as the Greek word would say, for a clear conscience. So we need to commit ourselves to enter into the desert with Jesus. Why is the desert important? Because the desert, we are free from distractions, we are away from everybody, it is quiet, we could hear the voice of God. So find your desert. Find your desert. Find a quiet place. I was telling this to somebody yesterday. Find that little place, that little oasis, where you can commune with God, really understand what He is calling you to do during this Lenten season. Seize on it. Repent. And believe in the gospel. I'm singing in the rain. Just it's been raining a lot the last two days. <laughs> it has. It's that's such a great song, isn't it? Gene yes, Kelly. Yes. When's the last time you saw Singing in the Rain? Maybe like three, four years ago. Ah, oh, isn't this best? It's a good movie. It's uh, we had to write you know musicals. Oh my goodness! I know we talked about the last time. Uh, really quickly before we move on to what I what really wanted to talk to you about, uh, Jorge did I did not go into the cultural aspects of the Super Bowl because he couldn't hear the commercials, and you know he didn't have an opinion of Usher because his wife and all her friends were singing all the songs that Usher was. What do you think of uh, the cultural aspects of the Super Bowl? Because we're not doing sports this week because there's nothing going on. Daytona was rained out yesterday. That's why I put Singing in the Rain. Um, All-Star All-Star Weekend was like, eh. Yeah. JJ, Jaquez didn't win. You know, I thought he was short-shifted on the thing. Bam, Bam. Uh, Bam was, did start last time. But, but I don't want to talk about sports. I don't want to talk about sports. Because football's over and I'm depressed. Oh, All right. Sorry. So, how are the Panthers doing? The Panthers are doing great. They okay, won. They beat go. the beat the. It's not out of the Lightning. It's nine to two on Saturday. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. We don't like Tampa Bay. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. So, your impressions of the Super Bowl? Your favorite commercial? I should have asked you this before you would have thought of it. Yeah. 
What do you think of the Usher halftime performance? I liked it. It was nothing crazy. Nothing crazy? Nothing, nothing what do you think of the guest appearances? When Lisa Keys came out. Oh, I, I like Alicia uh, Keys. Ludacris? Ludacris, I love Ludacris. Her? No one knew it was her. Who? Her. That's her? That's her. I did not recognize her. It was her playing the guitar. I knew that, and you didn't know that? No. That's Generation Z. Come on. <laughs> wow. I can't believe it. I was like, why are, they so, why are they so, like, why are they focused on this on this guitarist? Because it's her. I didn't know it was H-E-R, her. H-E-R, folks. Yeah. That's her name. Yeah, that's, that's her stage name. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, so commercial, commercial. No. I like the, I told her, I like the Dunk Kings commercial with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Tom Brady and Jennifer Lopez. That's a good one. Yep. You, you like the, well, we talked about the hot Hallowdap commercial um there were a lot of, there were a lot of good ones but that's a week away everybody's forgotten about it. it feels like the super bowl was a million years ago it does all right so on friday apparently rolling stones who does like doing lists they released a couple years ago the 500 greatest albums of all time mm-hmm. released the 500 greatest songs of all time and i have issues with it i've only read some i only read the top 50 as mm-hmm. for the purpose of this podcast and i'm going to share not all the top 50 because there's songs that that Izzy won't know, but I'm going to share some. I, I know all right, music. Number, no, all right, let's see. Number 50 is uh, Daddy Yankee Gasolina. Oh, well, you know yeah. that one. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Yes. Uh, all right. Saturday night 49 was is wedding. Lauren Hill, <laughs> Doo-Wop, That Thing. That Thing. See, you don't know that one? That's from the 90s. That's a pretty good song. Won a Grammy. That Thing, That Thing, That Thing. There you go. And Radiohead, Idiotech is number 48. See, you don't know that one. But you do know number 47. Elton John, Tiny Dancer. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. But yeah. but there's a. I don't want to go through the the, the entire top fifty. Yeah. I do have problems with the top fifty because this is ranked forty four, and you probably think this should be ranked higher. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Should it be ranked higher? No, I think. It's really? Okay. I think it's. You good. think it's appropriate? Yeah. That's a great song. But I, I don't it's a know. great album. I think it's one of the best albums of all time. Not greatest, but one of the greatest. Yeah. Thank you, Izzy. You're welcome. Okay, I mean, <laughs> this was it, it, and the and the music video was so iconic. I haven't seen the music. You never seen the music video, oh, is he? You know, it's like you know <laughs> him stepping on the on the sidewalk on the sidewalk turning. Did you see on the All Star game and 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 the court changing, the court changing? Yes. Uh, okay, changing colors. That was really cool. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> I didn't, I need to read up on that. How they did that? Jaime <laughs> Hawk was during the Sam Dunk contest. I know you were at a wedding. Yeah. Okay. On that side, but. When he was running towards the the basket mm-hmm. to dunk, there was a trail of heat, like the heat Classic. logo, coming across the court. It was really really cool. So you think uh, forty three, the Temptations, my girl. That should be a little high. Of course, that's that. that's 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 just amazing. I mean, that's just. I'm I'm gonna go forward because you know there's there's so much. Outcast is ranked twice. In what the in top the top fifty? 50. Okay, that's okay. That's a bit. That's okay, Outcast, Bob Bob is is number thirty nine. Both of us are like, eh. Prince, when doves cry, thirty seven. I thought that we ranked because Prince is really high regarded. People think that the Prince halftime show that when it was raining back in two thousand six, I want to say, two thousand seven, was uh, was the greatest halftime show. I don't think it was. I think that the purple ring because it was purple and the rain was coming down and it looked purple. <laughs> was was nice. I didn't think it was great. Uh, Thirty six will like. Heat fans will like. Peppas. Peppas. I I'm I'm what? literally humming it. White stripes. Seven Nation Army. Thirty six. Thirty six. Okay. I think that's a little high for them. Tutti Fruity, 35. James Brown. Papa's got a brand new bag. Thirty four. Oh, Chuck good. Berry. Johnny B. Good. Thirty three. Oh okay. Uh, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, I can't get no satisfaction by Rolling Stones. I can't. What number is thirty-one? That? Okay. I mean, we have to. We, you know. It's so, so many years of music. It's a lot. I can't. Okay. A lot of new ones. Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen is twenty-seven. It's his highest ranked. Born to Run is pretty good. Uh-uh. It's all right. Um, I'm gonna keep going. A Day in the Life by the Beatles is twenty-four. That's not their highest rank. I'll get to that in a second. Why is it? Uh, I'll get to that like, in a second. I don't like that song, personally. Uh, Not a fan of that Beatles song. Love I the know. Beatles. John Lennon, Imagine, 19. Okay. Which Bishop Barron um, has a, goes off on that song. Really? Imagine no religion, imagine, you know, there's no heaven, 
you know, it's like, it's a nice melody, you know, you know, it's, it's, but it's, it's nice, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, 18, Prince again, Purple Rain. Okay. When Doves Cry is a great song. Purple Rain, I think when, Do- I, again, I'm not a big fan of Prince, but I think When Doves Cry is better than Purple Rain. I prefer Purple Rain. Okay. Number 17, we both love it. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh, uh, that could be a little higher. Really? I think so too. I love that song. I think so too. I, uh, Beyonce more. featuring Jay-Z, number 16, Crazy in Love. You're telling Crazy me that Bohemian, do you no, think definitely that not. that's better than that. Bohemian Rhapsody? No. Of course not. I love Crazy in Love. All right, number Beyonce fifteen, song. the Beatles. I want to hold your hand. Wanna, that, that one. That one's the one. No, but that's the one that thrust them into the. Uh, that's what that thrust them into you know the American consciousness. Okay, that I didn't. Paul McCartney said we're McCartney. Excuse me, we're going. We're not going to America till we've got a number one record. That was their first number one record. I did not know that. So there you go. So um, I wouldn't put it that high. Rolling Stones give me shelter. Number thirteen, number twelve, superstition by Stevie Wonder. Superstition. Okay, this is an all-time. I, I think I've said on this podcast before. One of the all. I think it's the best love song ever written. One of the best love songs ever written. God only knows by the Beach Boys. God only knows I love. Yep, you got that. That when I said Outcast was not that was not their highest rank. Number ten. Hey ya. Hey, no way. It's a nice song. Look, you're looking at it on the screen. It's number 10. I'm not letting Lizzie watch the screen. She just flipped her head what? to watch the screen. No, that's It's a great up. song. It's a good song. I don't even know if it's a it's top a, 100 song of all not. time. Of all time? No. Okay. By the way, I I'm, I saw up to here. I did not see. Oh, so this is also Yuri. No, no, no. Uh, no, I, I, I think I th- saw number one. I did see number one. Okay, fine. Uh, Number one, Fleetwood Mac. Which one from Fleetwood Mac? This is number one? Number nine. Oh, uh, number nine. Oh, God. I'm going to see Stevie. Dreams. Nicks. Dreams? Okay. I would put Landslide Slide. there. I was going to say Landslide. Landslide was much better. Okay. Number eight, I really, I don't know if I should say this on the Catholic podcast, Missy Elliott. Is it? Yeah. Get your freak on. No. I mean. Number eight? Uh, no way. That's a not lot even of recent... top 100. A lot of no. recency ballads. So I so this is the high is it the highest ranked Beatles song coming up now? Uh yeah, it is. Uh number seven, Beatles Strawberry Fields Forever. No. Not even I hate I don't think it's I, a top five. Of, I, I don't like that song. It's it's uh yeah. George Harrison, I believe, wrote it. I always um, skip it when I hear it. Sorry. Really? No, I don't like it. I prefer anything else from the Beatles. No, I'm sorry. John Nellen wrote this. Uh it, it was the psychedelic. They said it's a psychedelic era for the Beatles, changing the way pop music was heard and made. I guess the impact of it, but it said it began with Lennon alone on a Spanish beach with an acoustic guitar, writing about a song about his painful childhood memories. Strawberry, Strawberry Field was the name of a Liverpool orphanage where he used to play and hide from a boy as a world. As a world. Listen, every Beatles song has great history, mm-hmm. but that is not remotely hey jude hey jude if you would have told me hey jude is number one i would have said i'm good with that it's not i I will look back and see where where hey jude is uh let me just make sure we're still recording we are still recording (laughs) okay because i'm i'm out on the usually i have the 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 ticker on and i have to change page uh number six marvin gay what's going on there you go okay that's 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 a number five is a good one it's from my high school my senior year of high school actually not my high school time, not my senior year. Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I forgot how that one goes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, my God. Every 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 Gen Xer like me is probably going, why is that girl on? Yeah, I'm so sorry. You don't know Smells Like Teen Spirit? Dung, 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 dung. Okay, yeah. Dung. You, of yes. course you know yes, it. Yes, no, I know it. Thank what? you. We're going to get so canceled by playing all these songs. Hey, it's better than the last time I was here. Yeah, it's true. All these (laughs) movies you didn't know. Bob Dylan, number four, Like a Rolling Stone. Bob Dylan, I knew was going to be up there. But yeah. Number four? Number four. Okay. Number three is a very powerful one. Uh, A change is going to come by Sam Cooke. Change is going to come. That was very big during the civil rights movement, 1963. Um it was a powerful song and a year and the thing is it, it took on a different uh, a different layer because a year after he wrote it 
1964, almost a year to the day that he recorded it, he was killed and fatally shot in an L.A. motel. Uh, but that was a powerful... I haven't power- heard this song in it is, it is probably a powerful- years. Number two... It- <sighs> I'm looking at this... Am you I look at proof? it, look at look at it, and and make and make a reaction before I say it to you, so you can make the same reaction. Yeah, Seriously? Public Enemy, Fight the Power, 1989. Mm-hmm. Why is it like it's like Chuck D once like like in Fight the Power to Pete Seeger singing We Shall Overcome? No, I mean I understand the cultural significance of it, but no. Fight the Power, number one. Respect by Aretha Franklin. As she should. You As think that's good? Yes. I think Hey Jude should, should be up okay. Aretha Franklin. I yeah, think Piano hey Man Jude. should Piano be. Piano Man. I think American pi- Pie. I like that. I American. Like that. Hold on. That's why we, we're only at 50. Let me see where these other songs are. Oh, too well. 10 minute version is also really good. Oh, oh so I told you we were going to let. There were no Taylor Swift songs in the f- top 50. Deal with okay. it. Okay. I, I, that's fine by me. I'm not angry. I'm not one of those. Really? People. I like different types of music besides Taylor Swift. You, and I said that in the last time you were on the podcast that you were, you you did like you did have a very eclectic and very well rounded sense of music. Yeah. Uh, no country songs in the top fifty. Okay. Yeah. Which was like you could have put a John Denver some Glenn Campbell in there, but it's okay. I forgive the Rolling. Is it this? Is this the Rolling Stones? I forgive you, Rolling Stones. Rolling Stone. Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone Magazine. Sorry, I forgive you, Rolling Stone Magazine. Rolling Stone Magazine. Everyone has opinions. They can be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> You're not bitter, but it's like, <laughs> how do you leave out, you know, Billy Joel? How do you leave out? I mean, you had three Beatles songs in there, more or less. How do you How do you leave out, uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking of some of the greatest songs ever written. You're not. They're not there. Beach Boys, you know, you could have had, you could have had more of the Beach Boys in there. You could have had Some, so well, much the queen more. The Queen is there. The Queen of Soul is in there. You're right. I'm trying. I'm trying to get to. Michael I'm trying Jackson's to get to Michael Jackson as Billy Jean as his top rated song. But you don't think that. Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan is 100. Bee Gees Staying Alive is 99. Whoa. In my life, which is such a beautiful Beatles song, uh, 98. That's um, 99 song. Problems 96. <laughs> Okay. I will always love you by Whitney Houston, ninety four. Get out of here. Kelly Clarkson has been in the top hundred. Okay, but her voice is phenomenal. Since you've been gone, no, it is. I know it is. Since Good golly, Miss Molly, ninety two. Good golly, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm running Molly. through. Aretha Franklin again, Natural Woman, ninety. Mm, I forgot how that. Here's was. a song that I was saying should have been number one. Hey Jude, you know what it's ranked? Ninety. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. That's too low. That's messed up. Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses, 88. I'm like going, I'm like going through. The Prince has three in the top 100. Kiss, Let's Say Together by Al Green is up there. Adele, Rolling in the Deep, 82. Adele should be ranked higher. Definitely. Adele is has some bangers. I mean, she really does. Uh, Ray Charles, what I'd say. Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Hmm. That's, you, how, how's your, how are you, well-versed are you with Not Amy Winehouse? Not that well-versed. Ah, uh, she. But. I I, so I I enjoy talent, her music. So talented. I enjoy it. I'll let, I watch. Us. I just don't know a lot of. Walk the know. line, Johnny Cash, seventy six. Oh, that's that should have been higher too. Leonard so Cohen's uh, song, uh, "Where We Can Say During Lent," Hallelujah. I'll say it. <laughs> seventy four. It's a great song, but he doesn't have the best rendition of it. His, have you ever heard Leonard Cohen's rendition? It's very like. No, no, no. Um, Justin Timberlake does a good version of it. Uh, the really? one, yeah, the one that I have that I always listen to, and I mainly got it from the Scrub soundtrack because I, I, to me it's such no, it's, it's true. You need to watch that show. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Um, Jeff Buckley does a great rendition. Uh, sorry, John Cale, and Jeff Buckley do great renditions. Beyonce Formation '73. Uh, uh, Yesterday by the Beatles '72. Beatles are well represented in the top 100. As they better be. Okay. Um, Elvis Presley, seven. We haven't seen Elvis's name yet. No, that's true. Suspicious uh, Minds. We haven't seen. Wait, there it is. What? There it is. All too well, but is it the ten-minute version? No, it's not. No, it's uh, no, it's not. All too the well. Rolling Stone magazine, get it together. It's Taylor's a, version for a reason. Yeah, that's messed up. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard Another any Bob Frank Dylan Sinatra song. or an Akin Gore or some Dean. Because Taylor. because the thing is, not Frank know, Sinatra, it's, still, they sing it's standards. Just, it's not original songs. These are original songs. They're so iconic. Like 
Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water, 66. Which is that one? Like a bridge over troubled waters. Mrs. Robinson, I think, is better. You like number 65? Do you remember? The 21st night. Why should we remember the 21st night of September? Because it's my birthday. All right, you like this one. Number 63. We got some country up in here. Dolly Parton. Jolene. Jolene. You too, you know, 62. Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven is 61. That's too low. I'm thinking of some of these hip-hop albums I feel like that are further up. I feel like someone my age with no... R- that no, no sense, sense of music, music history. history you, I mean, I, there's several people on this, but they, way, way no, too many no, no, no. Gen Zers on this. No, and way too many millennials. Millennials mm-hmm. are all about... The, I mean, listen, hip-hop has a very important place in musical culture. It does. But, oh my goodness. Oh, this one was not, would not have been in there without Stranger Things. Number 60. I didn't know Kate Bush running up that hill. Did I know that song before nope. Stranger Things? And I grew up during the, I grew up I do not I kind of the beat sounds familiar but Sadie Sink <laughs> who is an out well, Sadie Sink was also in the all too well time minute version music she was. video Taylor's version. Let's just round up the 50 rounds so we could wrap this up. Uh Miss Ellie work at Madonna her highest one is 55 I'm like not. a prayer. Eh I'm not okay. a fan of Madonna. Sorry, guys. Good. All right. You made a lot of friends today. <laughs> uh, Smokey Robinson, The Milk was a track of my tears. That's a good one. Beach Boys, Good Vibrations, also very good. Donna Summer, mm-hmm. I Feel Love, mm-hmm. and Dionne Warwick, mm-hmm. Walk On By. But I'm going to go through the rest Walk of this because there's, there's Billy Joe not in the top 100. Elton John only has Tiny Dancer in the top 100. So when you're telling me the song, your song, isn't a top 100 song of all time? You could tell everybody... This is your song. I mean, seriously? Come on. But no, Izzy does have... You watched the Grammys two weeks ago. Yes, I did. What was your favorite part of the Grammys two weeks ago? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Taylor winning all these awards that she probably should have won. Because you yourself said this wasn't her I, best album. I didn't agree. Midnight should have won Album of the Year. Who? Album. Midnight's the, that's the album. That, that, yeah, right? She won Album of the Year? I she won Album of the Year, yeah. But my favorite part is when she announced her next album, April 19th. That's no. That's, I'm talking about performance-wise. Oh, performance-wise? Oh. Fantasia doing Tina Turner, Billy Joe oh, coming that's out. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Oh, God. I didn't see that one. I loved it. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. That's what I said. He um, closed out the show. Yeah. I didn't like the song that he chose to close out the show. But, but when he, he, he performed right. his new song. What did you think of his new song? I like it. It was all right. I, I haven't listened to it since then, but... Uh, he hasn't recorded anything in 30 years. That's it's crazy. River of Dreams was his last album, original album. I got to go oh, see him in person. What else? What else? Did Olivia Rodrigo perform? I think she did. I don't did. remember. St- wasn't Stevie Wonder there too? Yes. Oh, Joni Mitchell coming out to yes. sing. Yes. You know. um, what's her name? With Luke Combs. Did not see that. I, I only started watching when Fantasia was doing the I forgot her name. Turner. I'm so sorry. I was a little busy that Sunday night. I got to he came. Yeah, they lost. No. They're they're on the All Star break, but they did well the last two games. We want to go back to sports. Beat beat who did we Milwaukee we, 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 in Milwaukee? Beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's pretty good. Heck yeah. Okay, who's your boy right now? Who's my boy? Like on the team. One, if you could say this is my boy. Okay, she's embarrassed. Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio. You think I would have said Tyler here? No, Would you like more? What, do you he, like he, Kevin? You no, is it you or Gina that likes Kevin? Kevin, that, that's Gina's man. That's Gina. And what about, you know, the rookie, JJJ? Triple J? Triple yeah. J. He's, hey. Okay. No, Bam's my, Bam's my boy. But they took your boy, who's Max Juice. I know. She's still, she's still, is it still on your cover? Or you took it off? No, mine is Tyler Hero and Bam. Well, that's a picture that I took for you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. You're that's, welcome. That's my favorite. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, the Rolling Stones 500... Greatest songs of all time. Get it together. The, next these year. lists are made for to prompt these types of conversation. If you listen to this conversation into an hour of the podcast, thank you for joining us thank on this so President's Day as email, we honor. Email us your favorite song. To, yeah, I forgot what our email is for this podcast. <laughs> it's in. It's Have in you guys the, ever checked it's, it? It's in the description. You no, know, we do check it. It's in the description. <laughs> so, um, a piano man for me is my favorite song of all time. It is. I love American Pie. American Ameri- Pie. American Pie. That was wasn't not in there? the top one hundred. That's. That's blasphemy. How is crazy well, love uh, when we there? Go, I mean, power to the people. I mean, Get Your Freak On is in the top 10. <laughs> Outcast? No. That's Outcast twice. He has a nice song, but not, what was not, it? not what top was 100. Top number 10. 
No. Above the Beatles. Above the Beatles. Get it together, Rolling Stone magazine. Good night, everybody. Oh, good night. It's good. Have a great <laughs> day, everybody. It's like, I'm thinking of like at the Grammys. Thank you for joining us at the Grammys. Have a good night, everyone. Remember to vote. Remember to have your pets spayed or neutered and help control the pet population. As Bob Barker would sign off from The Price is Right. Izzy, thank you for joining us today and filling in for Jorge on thank this President's Day. Thank you enjoy, your, enjoy what's left of your long weekend. Mm. You have big plans for President's Day? We're going to watch no. Oppenheimer tonight. Yeah, I'm excited for the third time. That's Whoa, third come time. on. That's right, you what? didn't tell me you had watched it. But Gina yes. and I haven't seen it, so you keep your mouth shut. Well, I'm most likely I need to get. I need, I need to get moving on my Oscar. <laughs> I see Maestro, and that's I'm the only nominated film, film. It's on Netflix. Okay, I'll, I'll, see I'll give you. Okay, I'll okay. give you a rundown. Okay. If you pl- listen up to now, thank you so much. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> we, we've gone a little too long. Remember, God promises so many things. He promises eternal life. We got to keep up our end of the bargain. That's what Lent is for. Turn away from sin. Be faithful to the gospel. Repent. Believe in the gospel. And make that commitment this Lent to turn back to God. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.